Do you know which end of the shovel to pick up? Question one. Welcome to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Katie Mulchan, and we make it easy to start working on, not just in your landscaping business. We're a real couple that helped grow our family business to well over a million dollars in revenue. And now we help other landscaping business owners just like you to do the same. Are you ready to build your business? Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. Today, before we get started, we just wanted to remind everybody that we do have an estimating training coming up this coming Monday and Tuesday. So if you have not signed up, you need to get on there. If you are anybody who has struggled with your estimating, if you're just starting out and you don't even know where to start with estimating, or if you've just been guessing, or you think you're making money, but you're not sure. Or, you know, if people say well, you should need to know your numbers, but you don't even know what those numbers well, are. If you're in the Facebook group asking what you should be charging for something, then you should probably attend this class. It's, well, it's, we, we, we started this because that's the number one question we get asked. Mm-hmm. What should I charge for? Blah. How much should I charge for? Blank. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Insert whatever you want. So if this is a question that you've ever asked, and if you're not sure exactly how much profit you're making. Like you you hear these things like, oh, I should shoot for 50% gross. Oh, you know, 12 to 15% net is good. If these are things that you hear, but you don't really know what that means, then this is the course for you. Mm-hmm. Things are weird right now. Inflation is high right now. Gas is through the roof. Now is not the time to not have your numbers nailed yeah. down yeah. because that will come and bite you. And I was going to say bite you in the butt, but it'll bite you in your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it will. And like Katie said, this is the perfect time to get in and understand your numbers. We've been doing one-on-one coaching calls with our academy members like crazy the past i don't know three months or so at least everybody's getting ready for the season all these people that are in the academy are getting their numbers nailed down so they're pretty much set for the season for the most part unless prices change or you give raises and stuff but if everything remains the same they have their stuff pretty much set up they have their systems all set up so then they can go out give estimates and they're giving estimates in 15 to 20 minutes obviously depending on what they're doing well drawings and stuff might make that longer but but can pretty much crank out a pretty good estimate in yeah. 15, 20 minutes. And, and it's an estimate that you know is profitable because mm-hmm. you've got the numbers dialed in. Yeah, and it's based off your numbers, not somebody else down the road, another person across the country. This is something we see over and over again in the Landscape Business Owners Facebook group is what should I charge? The heck, there's even group Facebook groups out there on pricing your work. And I get it. You're not sure how to get started, not sure what to charge. I totally get it. We've been there. We're working with clients in the academy doing the same thing but it should be based on your numbers, not somebody else's down the road. What you pay for your overhead is different from what they pay. What they pay for their equipment is different from what you pay. So it, it makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah. So if this is anything that you struggle with and you really want to go ahead and, you know, 10x your profits this up and coming season, now is the time to have those all dialed in. So that is this coming Monday and Tuesday. If there's any spots left, snag them up now because they're going to be gone. Yep. It's uh <laughs> MillionaireLandscape.com forward slash numbers. So it'll be in the show notes, but definitely get in there before you can. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are going to hear from our sponsors real quick, and then we're going to talk about five recruiting trips, trips, five recruiting tips <laughs> from the pros. All right, we are going to talk about five recruiting, tri- not trips, I keep saying trips, five re- 
recruiting tips from the pros. That's a tongue twister. I know. I don't know why. That shouldn't be hard to say, but I was making it real difficult. But anyway, uh, season's going to be here before you know it. Everybody's going to be hiring. And if you listen to last week's episode, we talked about what to look for besides skills, skills. when hiring. And this is all part of like a blog post series that Team Engine put mm-hmm. out. Team Engine, it's a... It's like an automation it. tool that you can use for recruiting. Definitely check it out. It's teamengine.io. Uh, we're not sponsored by them or anything. It's just some software that we really like. And it's something that could actually help you out with hiring those people and helping retaining those people. So uh, definitely check it out. But they were fortunate enough to ask us, or we are fortunate enough to ask us. They were to- fortunate <laughs> enough to have us take part in their blog post series. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, so we're really appreciative of them asking us. But we uh, answered a bunch of different questions and along with other industry experts. So last week we kind of went over the yeah the what to look for yeah that was the first blog post that came out yeah Mm -hmm. those skills other than or what to look for besides skills when recruiting the next one was just five recruiting tips from the pros okay moving on tip number one is cultivate a culture that aligns with core values then use that culture to attract candidates Mm -hmm. and quite a few of the people that responded including us had similar you know answers that kind Mm -hmm. of fell under that broad umbrella of that And a different consultant that replied, I really liked his answer. Um, He put down, first, to find out what would make your employees raving fans of your company and fix the obstacles. I just never really thought of it in that way of being like raving fans. Because you Mm -hmm. think of, you know, you want your customers to be raving fans about you. But I honestly never really thought about it from the context of how to make your employees raving fans. Absolutely. There's almost a, like a shift in the way we need to be looking at hiring from what it was years ago, because it was a different market back then as far as, you know, people are always looking for work and now we are starving for employees. We're doing everything we can. So, you know, before we'd be doing everything we could to find a, a customer, now we'd be doing, we need to be doing everything we can to find that employee. So having culture set up and weeding out those people that are a bad fit is what you need to be doing. Yeah. So if you've got good employees already, you know, or at least a couple that you really like, dig in there. I would talk to them and find out, like the consultant said, like, what is it that's going to make them raving fans? Like things I can think of are, and this is just, and this kind of touches on how the um, workplace has changed. More and more companies I'm hearing are working four tens Mm -hmm. instead of like five eights or, (laughs) or five tens or six tens. They're just working, the, the hours are shifting, and that's something that people really value right now. And that could be something that's going to make people, you know, your employees raving fans. Or mm-hmm. even if it's not four tens, maybe Fridays you make a goal to be out by, you know, noon, one, three, yeah. I don't, yeah. pick, pick a something. time. Yeah. For, for us, getting done at, you know, 3.30, just only <laughs> working an eight-hour day. Oh, that yeah. would be something out of the ordinary because, we you know, we've been at this game for a long time. We come from the background of you work monday through friday 10 hours a day and then usually a minimum of a half a day on saturday well this i was actually reading uh in the landscape business owners facebook group here recently people are complaining about the younger generations the millennials and all this stuff are the millennials the younger generation anymore i think think we're on the we're almost on to gen z i don't know i don't know what all the time blame for oh okay this is what uh, (laughs) i thought was very interesting they're still blaming them you know for this kind of shift in the way we do things and look at things However, we have to remember as owners, this is the new shift of people coming in. So we have to maybe consider changing the way our mindset is on 
this, whether it be going to the four tens or, you know, changing the way you talk to people and deal with people. It, it's just, it's <laughs> yes, we, we when we came into the working world, we came in under the boomers where it was, you just get out there and you work and you're going to work yeah. five, you know, 10 hour days and you're going to work a half a day on Saturday. And that's just how it is. Yep. Um, yeah. But it's really not flying anymore. And there's good, I think there's good and bad that comes with it. I think it's open conversations that you need to have. Mm -hmm. So just, that's just an example of something that I have seen people doing that really people value their time off more. I think people are looking at the culture of the business more than what they used to be in the past. Well, like that, when we went in, I didn't look at like what the culture looked like necessarily. Well, no, you just shut your mouth and went to work and did yeah. your work. Otherwise, you know, they would just find work. somebody. Yeah. Go, yeah, goodbye. Yeah. You just get let go. So, yeah, it's just it's a different shift and something that we need to really be looking at as business owners. Right. Um, so another comment in the article was knowing how to target your uh, future employees as keenly as you do your own marketing. So it kind of falls back to like what we were just talking about. You're actually marketing to future employees. And that's once again, back in the day, you just, you know, put up an ad that said, hey, we got work, sign up, work. Like that was it. It was really. Yeah. You know, you can't just stick by the traditional job description or, or post anymore. You know, hiring labor. Nobody wants to be a labor, which. Right. You have to find what's the win in it for them, how, you know, how they can fit in your business. You know, will they like working outside or whatever it is? Right. Uh, and then another consultant uh, put in like to look at the core values Unlike skills can't be taught or changed. And so I thought that that's just another good one. It's like, mm -hmm. look at their core values. Does that match up with what you've got going on? Because you can teach skills. So mm -hmm. And, oh, she had a flirt, uh, she had a clarification here. Basically what she was saying, it doesn't mean that you have to have like the exact cookie cutter person that's going to fit. It's okay mm -hmm. to have, when we talked about that a little bit last week, it's okay to have people that are going to like ask questions and push boundaries a little bit, but like overarching, they fall mm -hmm. under the umbrella of like your company culture. Yep. So don't expect to have like a bunch of like clones or something. This isn't <laughs> the Clone Wars, so... Right now, uh, no. Um, and then one more comment that I really liked was roll out the red carpet to employees as they leave your business. Mm -hmm. This is also something that I've never seen executed well, especially in our <laughs> business. <laughs> Scott's laughing because we had the opposite of a red carpet. It was usually more like a, an atomic bomb going off. Usually, yes. Yes. I like not to call my dad here, but I remember a time when he has chased a person out of a vehicle down the road. Like, that's, it's not saying that's not at all what we're not we do. doing that but I, and I this remember, was a long time ago yes this is like i was still in high school at this time but it was but this is once again like the how, kind of culture that <laughs> yes, we grew up yeah. in but i really liked it um because if you do um an exit interview with people keep it professional because mm -hmm. especially if somebody hasn't had a lot of jobs they think that maybe the grass is greener on the other side and it's not always. How many yeah. people have we had leave and come back? Yep. So I try to be a little bit understanding of, okay, yeah, they think they're going to have another opportunity somewhere else, but keep it professional. Like right. if it is somebody that you actually, you know, was a good employee and you actually liked, just keep it professional. Yep. I mean, we had a designer that was a good designer. He did a good job and he got along good with the employees, but your dad let him go over something dumb that happened with snow plowing. Yep. That's another instance where it was like this big, huge blow up. It wasn't pretty. It was unnecessary. But he's somebody who had he been let go in like a nicer manner, maybe he would have come back because he's yeah. somebody that would have it'd been great if he would have come back. But uh, unfortunately, this is some advice that we could have used 15 <laughs> years ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>
I just thought that was a good one to keep in mind. Okay, so tip number two is to invest time and money in recruiting activities and materials. So what kind of good comments did we have to go with that? Oh, I kind of liked this one. Uh, As an example is to create a targeted intern scholarship program or create high profile competition for people outside your company to demonstrate their talent. I really liked the create a targeted intern scholarship. If you've ever listened to um, Landscaping Marketing Secrets podcast with Laura Reale, she does an intern every year. Um, It's not full time. It's, I think, like 20 hours a week, but it's for someone to handle like social media and um, just taking photographs of every job, getting video. I believe she actually hired this last one, I believe, full time. I think. She might have. I don't honestly remember. But that's a really, that's kind of thinking outside the box. Um, Because I know she'll target like college age students that might be taking classes. And so they only want to work 20 hours Mm -hmm. a week. But, you know, you pay them decent because those are things that can fall through the cracks because you don't think to have the time to do it. Well, and I think that's that's an excellent opportunity for them. And it works out well for you because many, many landscapers don't want to do that or don't think about that or, you know, just it's not really there. So you can have somebody else do that. Why not? So I really like that. Mm -hmm. And if you happen to live somewhere that has universities nearby, I think this is a good way to help get somebody in to help with like basic drawings and designs. If you can get a college student in that can help with just, you know, obviously they're not going to be doing anything crazy, but if you just need help with some basics and drawings and designs, get a college student. We've had that from uh, Purdue University. Absolutely. And the other suggestion was to create a high profile competition. Okay, that's maybe outside the scope of a lot of people, unless you have kind of a bigger company. If you're just starting up or have a smaller company, that like could be cost and size prohibitive. But no, so just maybe think outside of the box a little bit, um, especially when it comes to hiring summer interns. Another great comment was to have a careers page on your website with videos of the owners and employees talking about why they choose to work there. I think this is huge. We've had that on our uh, career page on our website for years. However, we haven't had the videos on there. And I think that's an excellent opportunity to, to showcase, you know, how good it is. Because if your employees are willing to get on video and talk about how great it is, that goes a long way. And your prospective uh, employees will see that and can feel that. So if, if I think it's something you really need to consider doing. Yeah, there's something magic with seeing smiling faces, um, and not just in pictures, but on video. Yep. And people, I think, will be able to, you know, catch on to that vibe if they can, mm-hmm. you know, feel that it is a good vibe about it. There's, you know, happy, smiling, stuff like that. And I think even for potential customers, because some people will go through and like click on every single page mm-hmm. on your web page. If they're, especially if they want to spend a bunch of money with you, mm-hmm. they're going to, they're going to look at everything you've got. Yep. And so if they can see this, I think that would even help with potential customers. So oh, just yeah. my thoughts on there. Well, it, it's important to have stuff on your web page, especially if you're, you know, you're putting a thing and in, add in Indeed and you have your website on there, that, that employee is going to go look on that website just to see what kind of work you do, see you know what it looks like, and then they're going to come across that you know that careers page on there and they yeah. see all well, that. Especially so if they are one of those people that are looking to leave somewhere to move to a better opportunity. Mm-hmm. You might actually, actually be able to pick up some pretty good employees because if it's like, oh, this looks like a better culture than where I'm at, then they're willing to go ahead and make the leap. So yep. just some thoughts. The last comment in that under that, category was have to, uh, an in-house career fair. I've heard of people doing this. We've never done it, but it seems like it would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Like instead of, well, I mean, always be hiring, of course, have mm-hmm. your stuff out, but maybe take the time to like kind of build it up 
like have like um, a weekend where people could do it like open house style or something, you know, yeah, for yeah. two days where people could come in. I don't know. I'm just we've never yeah. done it. So I'm just spitballing. And I've heard where uh, landscapers have done this and they'll have them just like do some stuff around the shop and interact with your current team. So they'll be helping, you know, wheelbarrow mulch or whatever it is, plant annual plants, whatever it is, mowing, whatever it is, just doing <laughs> Do around a shop. Do you know which end of the shovel to pick up? Yeah, Question and, and, one. You know, <laughs> let them interact with your current team members and you can watch that. You can talk to your, your, your foreman or crew leader, whoever it is, and see how they, you know, how they worked. Um, I think it's an excellent opportunity. However, you need to be able to have the, a decent amount of people there to make it worthwhile. If you're just going to have one person, I don't think it's worth it. And that's, somewhat of an issue i guess right now is to get people to actually show up so it that's is. a whole other topic but. yeah i'm like i just did a round of interviewing last week where we had yeah there was a no show no call no nothing yeah. but anyway well then maybe this next tip would help the tip number three is to communicate quickly with applicants on text message mm -hmm. so this is something that's kind of new to me too because i'm i'm once again a little bit old a little bit used to old school where it's all through email and phone calls well this is something i think and I remember seeing this, again, going back to landscape business owners last year, the Facebook group, somebody said, well, you know, I told them to be here this date, this time, they didn't show up. And I get that, it's gonna happen. However, I think this is a huge opportunity for you to to reach out and text them, you know, the day before, hey, just a reminder that tomorrow is your first day, you know, be here at seven o'clock. I think that's something- Oh, was this for somebody who didn't show up for work that correct. they hired? Yeah, for okay. hiring and for, you can use this for, you know, reminder for your of onboarding as well. Your, but well, I, well, for for your interview, hey, just a reminder: tomorrow's your interview at seven a.m. or whatever time. I think it's a huge yes. opportunity that we're missing is not texting. This is actually something that Team Engine does very well at. It automates it. So, like, if a person goes in and fills out an application, it will automatically either send them an email, text message, or whatever. Send them a text message before their so thing. So it links in with your uh, website. Yeah, website, Indeed, whatever. It's it's pretty intuitive. So I think it's a huge advantage of Team Engine right there. Mm -hmm. Another person had put a comment that I was kind of like, yeah, I'm not sure on. And they put another thing that goes along with texting is just being available. When someone fills out your application, you need to get back to them right away. I, I go back and forth because I'm all for setting work boundaries. But then again, if you're, I hate to use the word desperate, but you're if you're really in need... And once again, I feel like I'm talking a lot about the younger generation. Like, are we old people today? <laughs> I think we're... Um, but, I, but I have noticed that there's a little less boundaries with texting. Like, I would never, ever think to text my boss, like, on a weekend or during time off. Yeah. But I'm finding with the younger ones, like, they will, they'll text me all the time. I'm like, what? Wait, I'm like, it is, like, Sunday afternoon. So yeah, I, I, I kind of go back and forth on, eh, you have to have boundaries, but you've got to be available. I didn't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm the same way, and I... Like, personally, I wouldn't text somebody, like... At, like, 10 o'clock at, at, at night, I wouldn't, but... but. Like you said, it, it's just a different generation. They're, just, they're used to having text message. Like, we didn't have text message when we were growing right. up. It's a whole different ball game now. And it's something I think that if that's what the generation is doing... You might have we to do may it. have to. And this is, again, this is where that team engine, and again, we're not sponsored by it, but it just They're it automates it. They're not paying us to say this. But, but it just <laughs> automates it. It's one less thing you have to think about. It just, as soon as the application is done, yeah. it'll send them an email or a text and just reminds them. And that's it. one less thing you have to do on your end. Right. So tip number four is diversify applicant sourcing <laughs> with an emphasis on employee referrals. So <laughs> our answer actually to this one was, too many business owners aren't putting their job postings in enough places. 
They might post it on Facebook or Indeed, but that's where they stop. They aren't putting signs on their trucks or at job sites. They aren't reaching out to family, friends, uh, and their business network. So always be recruiting and make sure that everybody knows it. So yeah, You basically just need to be out there everywhere. It's the same thing, like you said, with reaching out for customers. It's the same thing. Right now, it's such a hard task to find people and get people in. So you, you're out somewhere, you see somebody working really good at like Home Depot, just go up to them with a business card and say, hey, you know, I know you're doing a great job. If you're looking for a career change, want to be outside, here's our number. Just mm-hmm. something simple like that. You're not necessarily poaching, but if you're looking for an opportunity to grow and, and, and get out of here, this is something we have. Well, um, and this is where college students can be useful as well, because college students are in groups. They have professors that they can ask, oh, hey, do you mind if I, you know, post this in mm-hmm. your room? They're part of not just social groups, but like if you're in, you know. Fraternities, sororities and stuff like that are just. Yeah, but even groups for like, hey, I was in this group project where we had to, you know, write a full out landscaping plan, design, build, yada, yada, yada. They might be like, oh, you know, Tim, who was in my group, was really good. He's he's staying in the area for the summer. He's interested in a job Mm -hmm. Um, because I have used college students a lot in this manner. Like if we happen to get one that comes in is working for the summer. I always ask if they've got friends that are looking for a job or if they know of anywhere that they can help me put out postings at the universities or in group sites and stuff like that. And I think, two, reaching out to your current employees and letting them know if they know anybody. This is actually where we in our business, our family business, has found a lot of our employees mm-hmm. is through just referrals from a person that's already working for us. Now, this is something that my dad and I have different opinions on. As far as like giving them some kind of a bonus or the current employee, you know, to refer somebody to us. My dad wanted to give him like a $250 bonus or something like that. I think it should be more than that personally, just as much as it costs us to get a employee. I think it should be more. However, I think it should be something you give a little bit now. If they stay after 60 or 90 days, whatever it is, then you'll get the rest. I think, you know, that should be broken up a little bit in the stages reach out. They they are probably friends with somebody, you know, that would be a good fit for your business or know somebody. So definitely reach out to them. Yeah. And just to play the devil's advocate in this article, this is a recruiting and retention consultant just said, uh, I avoid asking my employees <laughs> if they have friends that are looking for a new job. Why? Because in my opinion, this could create unnecessary pressure for the employee. All I need is for the employee to recommend someone capable, not necessarily someone who is their friend. Okay, I get that. Um, Because I have comments, too, on working with friends. I have found that difficult in the past, especially if the power balance is uneven. Like when uh, I have to supervise friends, I find that a little bit difficult. And so I get what they're saying. It's like the person doesn't necessarily have to be a friend. It kind of goes back to the college students. It might just be, hey, this is somebody I've done, I've worked with, or it's an acquaintance. And so I can go either way on it. But yeah. I, I, said, I just we've thought had, I'd throw we've, it out since we've it had was real in good there. luck with uh, referrals. So yeah, and I guess too, it depends on your culture. I think it depends on your type of worker. Like we have a few Hispanic workers, and they have a lot of friends and family that are. Well, really this good. plays into the next comment that I wanted to read. Um, this consultant said, "Your A players know other A players, but mm-hmm. your C players, you might not want them yes. referring." people to your organization. Oh, yeah. And this is where, yeah, we've had great job. Um, yes. With all of our um, mostly Mexican workers, mm-hmm. they've given great referrals. And mm-hmm. yeah, then we've had some C and, players that, yeah, that like brought in their brother, sibling or whatever. And it's been not so great. I mean, there's a different cultural aspect there with the Hispanic workers versus. <laughs> in our experience, for yeah, sure. I haven't worked other places. Like, yeah. 
they'll tell somebody like if it's their cousin that they're doing a crappy job working they'll tell them outright you suck like yeah. they, they're not afraid to tell people and so it's, it's different you know yeah than, i don't know it just call it's you just, on your crap yeah it's just it's just a different culture than from what we are used to i guess and, yeah and, I don't know. I tend to call my friends on their crap, and that's why I have a hard time working with them. So it is what it, I know. I have <laughs> approximately two friends. So, um, and let's see. The next comment was, oh, take informal interviews when the opportunity arises and keep them on file for future job openings. This falls in line with the kind of always be hiring, mm -hmm. like you have said in the past. Yep. If, you know, you see somebody that looks good, hop on it. You may not have a position available exactly right now, but it's so hard to find people right now and, and turnover is so great right now uh -huh. that it might not be bad to have an extra person just if you're having that turnover issue. Okay. Tip number five, write better job descriptions and job ads. This, let's see, this is a landscaping industry consultant that said focusing on the company's corporate social responsibility and purpose is proven to return near, nearly 30% more applicants, but is often ignored in job postings. Okay, so like if your company does a lot, I don't actually know a lot of companies that will do a lot of volunteer-ish type work, mm -hmm. like for churches and stuff like that. So maybe promote that more than you have. I, we never certainly never did that in job postings. Like not we job postings, but I never, I never thought about it. Like yeah, we've worked for like Habitat for Humanity and stuff. We've done mm -hmm. houses for them. So it, yeah, I guess it's it's a good thing, and it has to do again with the cultural shift and, and mindset shift that mm -hmm. we, we have to take in consideration. Mm -hmm. uh, another comment. This is from Jack Justice. We've had him on the podcast yep. in the past. Check him out. He's got a comment here about make sure you always have what's in it for them. Mm -hmm. People, in my opinion, not that people are inherently selfish, but they are. But they're looking for a job because they want to know what's in it for them. So mm -hmm. make sure you're not focusing so much on, like, just what the job does, but what's specifically in it for that individual. So I can't remember if that article really went into, um, you know, posting what you're paying and, and all that stuff. That is part of this because okay. uh, I was going to I have yeah. I've got it underlined okay. here. It's 2022 time to include pay in your job ads. Yep. And I love that. I think it's amazing. I actually love pay transparency because mm -hmm. I think that that helps everybody if everybody can see what everybody's making. And, you know, that sucks if you get all excited about a job and you see the posting, you're like, oh, yeah, I want to apply for that. Mm -hmm. And it's like three dollars less an hour than you can even do. You're like, well, I, don't I, waste my time. I think it helps <laughs> pre-qualify people, too, because if they are looking, they need a job that saves 25 bucks an hour and you only offer 15 Yeah, then, then they're, they're, there's no point of wasting your time and wasting their time so mm -hmm. they can see what it's going to be then they're more opt to, you know, go in and, and do the interview and not waste right. time. Well, and that t ties into the next comment <laughs> that is offer truly competitive pay. Mm -hmm. It's just, it is what it is. Every, you have to have competitive pay right now. The days of paying people $12 an hour are gone. Goodbye. Yep. Let it go. Yep. Now, I'm not sure it's ever going to come back, but like we, in our area, we're paying 20 bucks an hour for labor and yeah, you have our son to. shoveled over the <laughs> over yeah. the winter. Uh, he went like over uh, Christmas break and stuff. He was helping with shoveling and getting yeah. paid what 22, 24 bucks 24 an hour. Bucks an hour, yeah, yeah. Our sixteen um, year old. And just in our area, we've had a lot of industry growth. And Domino's Pizza place uh, where they make the dough and stuff. The lowest paid person we've heard is going to be paid yeah. twenty five dollars an hour to just push a broom. How are you going to compete yeah. with that? This it's, is at like the big industrial building. It, it's not like at a Domino's. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> like the local pizza shop. No, yeah. this is where they make the dough and send it out to, to the But the countries. point is, even what would be considered the lowest man on the pole in the building is still making 25 bucks an hour. Yeah, so. you know, and it's like 
I've heard of um, uh, Culver's is paying up to 18 bucks an hour for just somebody to flip burgers. Like you have That's to pay. That's a local, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, sure. yeah. I don't know that like, those are worldwide or, yeah, you know, sorry. region-wide. It's, it's like a, a hamburger joint and custard joint. Fancy but, McDonald's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, $18 an hour. So you have to be paying more than that. So you want somebody to be busting her butt outside all day in the heat, cold, rain, whatever. You have to pay more. Yeah. Uh, then so then yeah the last kind of comment was just like write what's in it for them first and then get into your company and the tasks they'll be doing mm-hmm. so yeah. uh, I thought those were all really helpful tips so but to like kind of sum it all up it's really just you know get your culture going find out what people like about your business and just really focus on that and hopefully uh, put all that into your recruiting and hopefully that'll help. Yeah, it's just you have to keep in mind it's a different game than it was 10 years ago, five years ago, even, especially if you go back further than that. It's a whole different ball game now, and we have to adapt and change to it. Otherwise, you're going to fall behind. And I've actually been seeing more and more people saying, I'm just going to go back to being a solo operator, solo operator, just because I don't have to deal with it. Well, you can either change or you get out. It's it's one of those things you have to. And if you personal want choice, to, yeah, yeah but- um, I think. We just have to look at and not be so old school in certain things and <laughs> just change at the times. Well, the landscaping industry is a little, I hate to use the word behind, but well, it is we are a little overall. bit behind when it comes to a lot of things. And another article uh, that Team Engine had out was titled, How to Keep a Personal Touch in Automated Recruiting. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was um, a good idea for them to put something out like that. Since they are automated recruiting, you know, they fully understand that a lot of landscaping companies aren't so big that it's going to be high, like a completely automated process. There, there still is going to be personal touch involved. Mm-hmm. We're not big, huge corporations where, you know, we have like AI scanning the resumes <laughs> before it even gets to a person. That's not happening. No, but your your comment in here, I was, I was trying to see if there was a question. Oh, in an age where everyone, let's see, is being asked to do more with less, automation can be quite appealing. And so your comment was automation is an important first step in the hiring process. Automation makes it easy for potential employees to apply and easy for employers to follow up. Everyone is so busy taking advantage of what automation has to offer will make for smoother and more effective hiring process than trying to do everything on your own. Mm -hmm. So where was your mind at with that? Like automation in the form of like just applying on a website and stuff like that? Just simply even having your application online where they can go online on a careers page or, or a Facebook page, whatever, having it online so they can go fill it out. And then you can even have, you know, if you're not using something like team engine have it where it just sends them an email saying you know thanks for applying have that be an automated response yeah where so it just sends if you're working with like if you have somebody do your website for you is that something that you can have them absolutely do? yeah notice which one of us knows more about websites yeah it so is not it, me. i mean it depends on your website builder and stuff some of the generic ones you know, like the ones you get for free or whatever it probably doesn't have that kind of automation built in but if you have like a wordpress website you can get plugins that they're called that you know, creates the form. Then once the form is complete, it sends out an email or you can even trigger something like uh, if you use like MailChimp or I'm sure you can even do like constant contact. One of those emails. Those are different yeah. email providers. Um, yeah, like almost like a CRM, but they yeah. can they can set up the automation so it can send them an email or text and just to follow up and let them know that you're going to be back getting back to them within 24 hours or whatever it is. Let them know. Yeah. Uh, the next person that had a comment from the article, they put to use uh, automation to mitigate the burden of repetitive tasks. Uh, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So like Scott said, back to automated emails and things like that, 
like I said, we're not huge companies. We probably aren't going to automate the entire things or, you know, the entire process, but um, things that are repeatable that you have to do all the time for every person. You don't need to waste your brain space with that. Um, and this is another landscaping industry consultant said that something that feels personalized but can be automated and sent to anybody is video. And I really mm-hmm. liked that answer. So mm-hmm. if you have like an automated email that goes out after people apply, you can have a video in there. It goes out to everyone, yes, but it feels more personal just because there's video and your smiling face. Well, and this could actually be set up fairly simple on most websites too, along okay. this way. You know, they fill out a form, you know, once they hit submit or whatever on your form, it can just automatically go typically to like another web page. So on oh, that web page, okay. you Instead can have this video, you know, thanks email. for applying and, and kind of go over what the next steps are going to be or what's going to, you know, what's oh, going to happen sure. from here. And that, you can expect to hear from us within, you know, we reply within 48 hours to every yeah. application or whatever. Yeah, And just, you know, thanking them for being there. Tell them a little bit about your company, you know, encourage them to go check out this page or whatever it is. Have that on there. That's something very simple. I, I like that answer. Yeah. This same consultant just had the comment that video works well as a balance between automation and personalization because you don't have to update it very often and it feels personalized to the applicant at that point in their employee journey. So I really like that a lot. That's something that we've not utilized, but I really like it. Uh, Seeing if I had anything else highlighted that I really liked. Um, Somebody else suggested using online scheduling for um, an appointment. So once it's time to go ahead and set an interview or do anything like that. You can have that all online. Mm-hmm. Scott uses the Calendly app. Yep. Um, yep, I don't know if there's well. others. Yeah. Oh, there's a bunch of different ones out there, but Calendly has worked out very well for us. Yeah, once again, Calendly, not sponsored, yep. but, <laughs> but it is something that you can use. That's just the one, I know that's what you use. Yeah. So that's why well, I was the nice, like, at least with Calendly, just because I've used it, you can set up, like if you only want to do interviews Tuesdays and Thursdays or something, you can have that blocked so it's only Tuesdays and Thursdays available for you know, interviews, mm-hmm. just as an example. Yeah. Uh, so one of the last comments I've got here is just basically having a streamlined and automated hiring process. So I think that just kind of falls into whether or not you use technology to help you or not. Just make sure you have a hiring process. And mm-hmm. of course, Scott's going to like that because he's a huge systems nerd. <laughs> but just know what you're doing. Yep. Like not just, oh, they filled one out, but I don't know where it went. And I'm not sure who's going to call them back or who's going to set up the appointment. Like don't leave those as loose ends mm-hmm. because then it won't get done because everybody's just going to assume it is not their job. If it's uh, not specifically assigned to a person, everyone's going to be like, well, that wasn't my job. Well, I, I <laughs> uh, just throwing out like throwing our fire department under the bus here but our local right, fire department going under the has bus today. you know <laughs> when you know an applicant comes in and wants to become a firefighter a volunteer firefighter we're searching around for the stupid application like just put them online like make it simple make it and nope they don't why want to are put we them, making this difficult yeah, yeah. Or, and then they're in some places then sometimes they're not it's just there's no process to it and it drives me freaking crazy but <laughs> That's out of beyond my control, but yep. um, I threw out my suggestions. But yes, absolutely. You should need to have some kind of step-by-step on how it's going to happen, whether it's using some kind of automation tool like T mentioned, or you set up a checklist that just, you know, that... So you, you don't know, forget anything. Yeah, it just goes... You don't forget anything. And like I said, I like making sure every step is assigned to a person so somebody yep. is accountable for making sure that things get done. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you have any interest in reading any more into these articles, you can just go to teamengine.io forward slash blog. They've got them on there. But we just thought these would be really helpful tips uh, since everybody is going to be hiring here soon. And yes, they they were nice enough to include us uh, in their um, 
list of people that they surveyed for questions yeah. on this. And definitely check out their blogs. They got tons of great information on there. They, they have job descriptions on there and stuff. So definitely check, stuff. It, check out. it out. Um, and it's a great tool. I encourage you guys to, uh, to at least look into it. And don't forget to check out the estimate, the profitable estimating training that we have coming up March 21st and 22nd. Yes, because if you want to know if you're going to have enough money to hire more people <laughs> and go through all of this, yes. you will know that once you've got your numbers down. Yeah, so things like that are questions that we can help address. Yep. And it's uh, milliondollarlandskeeper.com forward slash numbers. Numbers. All right. Got any questions for me before I do. we go? I do. All right. Yeah. What's the weirdest tradition your family has? I would have to say we still do a toast on Christmas Eve to my great-grandmother because that was her birthday. But she passed away in the mid-90s and would be like well into her hundreds by now. Yeah. But we still toast to her all these years later. You've been there. You've yeah. participated. Yeah. And it's nice. Like, yeah. I, I mean, it's still, I think it's sweet. I mean, we <laughs> loved great-grandma. But at, I'm like, at what point do we stop? <laughs> But I guess I maybe nobody so. wants to say it. I don't know. So it's harmless enough. We do peppermint schnapps. Um, if she lived to be 95, she would have a couple squares of chocolate and some peppermint schnapps every night. So there you go. There's okay. there's health advice from <laughs> my great grandma. All right. If you had a personal mascot, what would it be? Um, Obviously a greyhound. I assume that's what it'd be. I didn't yeah. know greyhound or, or a hedgehog. hedgehog. Yeah, so I know. Tough. See, you know me. Mm -hmm. Tough call, but um, I'd say a greyhound. Yes. Gotcha. All right. Last one. What is something that people are obsessed with, but you don't get the point of? Um, There's probably a lot of things, but I probably don't even know what they are because I am in such a bubble that I don't, <laughs> I really don't pay attention to a lot of things. Like, I don't understand why people like TV shows like The Bachelor and like Kardashians and like Naked in the Wild or whatever it's called. Like, I just cannot buy into reality shows that are very blatantly like fake and dumb. Mm -hmm. I think they are a waste of time and brain energy. So I guess that like weird, dumb reality shows. Probably why we don't even have cable. We don't really watch we TV. We don't. I can't. <laughs> it just—it's just a hard pass. It so is. it is. <laughs> All right, guys, definitely check out the profitable estimating training in March 21st and 22nd. Before yep. it's only 10 spots available. So get in there. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great day. Hey, everyone. Just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message. 